You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Jack in Vancouver has called in. He has a uh, comment or a question about my lunch with former Blazers president and general manager Steve Patterson. I'm going to get to him. Jack, I really want to take your question. I'm dying to know what he has to say about it. But first, we're going to go to KSL's Michelle Bodkin. She's all over the Utah beat, University of Utah, Utah football. It's been a busy day in the Pac-12 conference. I'd really like to take the temperature with the Utah fan base. Nobody better to do it with than Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, uh, how was today in Salt Lake City for you guys? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's very interesting, at least from my standpoint. A lot of interesting conversations going on from the side uh, while while everybody was in having this meeting. Uh, I, I think at the moment the school kind of views things very differently than the fans, and I don't necessarily bl- blame them for that. Uh, you know, I, as I was talking with a friend, probably about two percent of the information that that's known on the inside of a program uh, concerning this, concerning you know, just really anything as far as day-to-day operations and whatnot. Um, you know, fans maybe only know about two percent of that. When the rest of it's kept under wraps. When you're talking about um, the university's standpoint, give us an idea because BYU's in the Big 12 Conference. You you know, Colorado, which was Utah's entry partner into the Pac-12, is gone back to the Big 12. Is there a real sentiment that you believe Utah is happy in the Pac-12, uneasy in the Pac-12? You know, the the university itself, how do you see their, their footing? You know, the university itself has been a very staunch supporter of the Pac-12, and I think their words and their actions have proven that, and every conversation I've had today has really revolved around that. Utah wants to make this work. Utah wants to stay in the Pac-12. Utah believes that what they envision their future to be, you know, whether it's five years down the road, ten years down the road, runs through this conference. It doesn't run through the Big 12. And now that, before people get all fired up, that's not to say that it couldn't work in the Big 12, uh, and and it's not that they're not having polite conversations with the Big 12, but that's just not really where their focus is. Their focus is on making it work in the Pac-12. They like the partnerships with Washington. They love the partnerships with Oregon. Uh, You know, ideally, I think they would love ASU and Arizona to stay. Uh, but but that is where Utah's mind is, as far as I'm aware, up on the hill. Let me ask you, uh, you know, as we kind of look at the BYU part of this equation, I've heard people say it would be great for Utah and BYU to be in the same conference. What a rivalry. I've heard other people say it would never work. They don't want to be in the same conference. Help us out with that. <laughs> um it is definitely a heated rivalry, uh, and, and this media stuff has really ironed it up in a way that I don't think we've seen in a while around here, just because uh, the, the rivalry has been different since they have been in different conferences. My understanding is BYU would really like to see Utah in the Big 12. Utah doesn't see themselves in the Big 12, at least not in the here and now. And, and to be honest and fair, I I think these two programs have been going on different trajectories for a long time now, uh, and 
I, I think Utah just sees, sees themselves in a different place because they've grown in a different place for the last decade. And BYU's kind of been in a different place, and they're about to take on a, you know, a whole new adventure, uh, at, and, and who knows how that's going to go for them. I'm, I'm excited to kind of sit back and watch that from a distance because uh, I think it's intriguing watching some of these schools, you know, make that jump. Uh, but, but I think they've been on very separate paths for a long, long time, and I think Utah's gotten used to it. I don't know that BYU's necessarily gotten used to it, um, but, but a lot of that back and forth really does come from the fans and, and that kind of long-seated hatred. I think that really started back in the 80s and the 90s when BYU went on, went on their run and things looked bad for Utah, and then all of a sudden it got flipped on its head mid-90s, and and Utah's kind of been where they are, and BYU's been where they are, and uh, it's, it's just been two very totally separate adventures for the longest time, and, and I don't think there's necessarily any urgency on Utah's part to hitch their wagon to BYU because it hasn't been hitched to BYU for 13 years. Michelle Bodkin is our guest. Uh, she covers Utah sports for KSL, Utah's sports leader there in Salt Lake City. Uh, this season, you got, you know, uh, the very beginnings of fall camp, the question of Cam rising. Uh, a lot of people not sure what to do with Utah's football season. I tell people bet against Kyle Whittingham at your own risk. But what's the, uh, what's the temperature in Salt Lake City as it pertains to this program? Yeah, you know, I thought the temperature was really great yesterday during our first media availabilities in, in Salt Lake. We no longer get to watch fall camp, so, I, you know, I don't know what it looks like. I have to take people's word for it. But as far as, you know, kind of walking in and seeing how everybody's interacting with each other um, and some of the observations we got to make at, at media day, even though, you know, that's like just such a very small part of, you know, the team and, and, and who runs it and, and who's involved. Um, they're just there's confidence there. There there's a lot of confidence there there, and I don't think, I mean, how can you blame them? They're pretty much returning the same team that's gone them the titles the last two seasons, minus minus a few people because obviously it's college and and there is turnover, uh, but but they're confident in who they're bringing back and and what that could potentially lead to now. If we're being honest and we're being fair, that schedule is brutal. Uh, it's maybe maybe the most brutal, if not the most brutal, uh, that anybody in the Pac-12 has to face. And so they're going to have to really be on their game. But, as you said, you know, bet, it, bet against Kyle Whittingham, Cam Rising, all those guys, you know, at your own risk. You, when, when you kind of start casting doubts like that, it seems like that's when Utah's at their best. And they do a, you know what, sit back and just watch us plow through this thing like it's no problem. So it's, it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. I think Utah's going to be really good again. But, I mean, there there is some legitimate questions about where they may ultimately end up because it is a hard schedule, and there are, I think, a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 this year. Cam Rising's knee is a big story, and Kyle Whittingham said he will not start him if he's not 100%. Do you have a sense yet on Rising's availability for week one against Florida? It, right now they are saying that he's on track. Um, he's on time. He's not ahead of time. He's not behind time. He's just on time. And so right now, Utah is just trying to be very careful with what they do with him. Uh, I know that he was out throwing yesterday, uh, but as far as anything that gets a little more physical than that, um, having to make crazy cuts, uh, I think they're going to take it slow and kind of evaluate where he is step by step. 
and just make sure that he's solid and he's good. Uh, he, and it's it's something that's been said a couple of times in the program. The the good news is he is a proven commodity. Uh, he's a guy that has proven he knows how to play the game. He knows how to play the game at a high level, uh, and he can be trusted. I think you know to maybe not get taken through the ringer through fall camp and be able to come out and produce. And in fact, that might be in everybody's best interest. Michelle Bodkin with us, uh, KSL in Salt Lake City. The opener with Florida, how big of a game is that for Utah, or is it more about getting to the conference championship game in Vegas? You know, how much focus is, is on week one this year? I think there's a lot of extra focus. I, it's not too often that the SEC comes out west, uh, and it's definitely never happened at Utah. Uh, so this is kind of, you know, another, I think, historical marker for this program that's really taken 20 to 30 years to, to come up and, and be someone that's respected and to have a team like Florida even consider to come out and do a home and home with them is huge. They had Michigan a couple of years ago in 2015 come out and that game was wild. And there's been a lot of complaining about the fact that it's a Thursday night game. That atmosphere for that Michigan game was absolutely rocking and I expect more or less the same when it comes to Florida but I, I and I think because of the climate of where college football's at and I some of these teams are on the cusp and I would certainly consider Utah team on the cusp they've kind of proven that they can be a consistent top 25 contender year in and year out for several years now uh, but it's it's the big hallmark thing so you know what, show off your crowd, show that you're passionate, show that you can bring TV ratings in and provide a great atmosphere. Like those things matter and I don't think that's lost on Utah and I expect this to be a monstrous game. It's going to be a great atmosphere and I'm really excited that the SEC gets to see what Salt Lake's all about. Oregon coach Dan Lanning was asked yesterday about Colorado departing the conference. Uh, here's what he said. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. And he walked off at the end of the news conference. <laughs> um, do you think other coaching staffs in the conference feel that way, aren't afraid to say it? By the way, was it a good idea for Dan Lanning to say that or a terrible idea? I just can't imagine Kyle Whittingham saying something like that. Kyle Whittingham would never. <laughs> he might he might say it in a meeting maybe <laughs> behind closed doors. He would never say that publicly. In fact, there I saw a joke somewhere on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter. Someone did a how much you want to bet that Kyle Whittingham and Dan Lanning were talking and and this topic came up and Whittingham's like, "Well, I'm not going to say it." So Dan Lanning took it on. I I don't know if that is probably not true, but it's funny to think about. It's uh, also, but no, Kyle, yeah. <laughs> Kyle would never though. say that out loud. It's kind it of true. true. It is true. Oh, like, I mean, yeah. here's the thing. The truth hurts, right? The truth hurts. And, and the honest-to-goodness truth, if, if I'm being completely and totally real right now, in a lot of ways, USC and UCLA also don't really matter because uh, between those three schools, they only have one conference championship. Yeah, and, you and look, maybe uh, what, like, like five appear five appearances total between the three. This is not they're they're not the ones that have really been carrying the conference. They're not the ones that have been winning the championship, and they're not the ones that have been 
uh, in in kind of either playoff conversations or actually in the playoffs. That's been Utah, Oregon, and Washington largely with Stanford mixed in for fun. So. Nice. I think it'll be interesting to see this year if that trend continues, especially in the last year of competition for USC in the conference. I think a lot of people were rooting for Utah in the title game last year. I, you know, I, I think those that were remaining probably were rooting, except for maybe Washington. And I under I understand Washington's position on that, but I think most of the ones that thought that they were going to be sticking it out with the pack. Probably were rooting for Utah. I imagine it more or less will be the same this year. If if it's USC versus someone else that's sticking around, uh, that the sentiment is going to be we want the one that's sticking around to to win the title because once you leave, it doesn't matter that you won the title. Uh, you're in. It's just it's a very odd kind of petty situation in a way uh, where you are a part of a conference but you're kind of not part of a conference. And so I can see why the remain the remainders, uh, you know, want to keep that in house with the people that want to stick it out and want to be around and want to be a part of the conference. Michelle, thank you for coming on. Uh, you and the team at KSL do a great job covering Utah sports and uh, all the sports in the region. Thanks for uh, for coming on the show. Anytime, John. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, Michelle Bodkin there from KSL in Salt Lake City. I wonder how many people will be rooting for somebody other than USC to win the conference championship. I want to take some phone calls. Jack in Vancouver has a question about my lunch or a comment about my lunch with Steve Patterson all those years ago. Jack, what's up, man? Yeah, you know, uh, the way that you describe your lunch with him, I don't know, you may be too young to, to know this, but there used to be a TV show called Seinfeld, Mm-hmm. And there was a skit where Jerry gave this character Banya an yeah. Almighty suit. Yeah, and I remember it. For the, I remember it. Yeah, for you know, for an Almighty suit, and he owed him a lunch, but he ordered the soup and claimed the soup is not a lunch. Soup's not a lunch, <laughs> you, Jerry. You already know you're you're in for a handful when <laughs> somebody claims soup is not a lunch. Yeah, I I love it. Although I didn't know at the time, how stupid did I feel when I ordered a sandwich? And Steve Patterson said, I'll have a bowl of soup. And I went, oh, this isn't really a lunch. But did he take you to Mendy's? That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Did he put crackers on the soup? I don't remember. Thank you, Jack. A good memory. Yeah, good good recall there. Hey, look, I felt stupid because I was like, oh, this isn't really us having lunch. This is, let's bury the hatchet. There happens to be some food on the table. Ugh. Punch It Audio is coming up. We got the best sound from all around. I want you to be here for it.